What's up, guys? What is going on? Welcome to episode seven of the I ninety Sports podcast. Welcome to uh, welcome I ninety Sports Nation. Once again, guys, thank you again for tuning in. I'm with my guy over here, JD. What's good, Bobby? Always good to be here. How you doing, brother? I'm excellent, man. Um, glad to be here. Glad to be an American on to a day like today. Um, yeah. Doing good, buddy. Doing very good, buddy. Good to hear. Good to hear. Now, me and JD talked off camera, and there was no way that we were not. But I think if you are an American citizen, and even if you're not an American citizen, you know what today is, and you know what it means, and you know what it stands for, and you know what it what it marks. Um, 20, 20 years ago today, JD, this faithful faithful morning it was yes, uh we and as americans and our way of life was attacked the september 11th attacks took a shot at our way of life our freedoms and our just our way of living it was it was uh it was a moment in time that that we will uh that we will never ever forget that we will never forget. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody out there um, uh, remembers where they were and what they were doing when they heard the news that, that um, we, we had been attacked and our, and we were, you know, we were uh, the victim of a heinous act of, of, of violence that took so many American lives. Um, war crime yeah we never we'll never forget that it's absolutely terrible it was terrible no it absolutely now 2996 american souls were lost in that in that tragedy and the the collapse of the towers um it showed it showed uh american bravery though Oh yeah, the first responders that day were absolutely unbelievable. A lot of them lost their lives that day just trying to save other people. They were completely selfless. Um, the New York Fire Department um, will always go down as heroes. A lot of them weren't even taken care of uh, after in, until like recently. So they've they've been through hell uh, since then, and I can't imagine what what they went through. I just can't imagine it. The New York uh, F FD uh, FDNY, the police, the all of the first responders in that city, um, in that city are are American heroes running towards the chaos, right instead of away, running towards the chaos instead of away from it. They will be remembered as American heroes, guys. So before me and JD um, really kind of get into this show. We, we want to just kind of bow our heads here and take a moment of silence and, uh, and we will always remember and never forget. And we thank, we thank those American heroes that saved so many lives and got out as many people as they could and they ultimately paid the ultimate sacrifice. And we will always remember and respect those people. So no question you're joining the show, guys, we're going to start it off here with just a moment of silence for for the victims of that horrendous, tragic day. 
So we'll bow our heads here and take a moment of silence before we get going. All right. Thank you for that. JD, I still remember every bit of that day like it was yesterday. Every little detail. I'll, I'll never forget it, man. I was a freshman in I was a freshman in high school. Our day was maybe about an hour, hour and a half into our day, and it it I'll never forget it. They wheeled, they stopped us. They immediately stopped what we were doing. Class was stopped. We were we wheeled a TV on a stand in. You remember those? The TVs <laughs> oh, on, yeah. the, on the stands with the VHS and everything hooked, hooked up to it. They wheeled that TV in, they plugged it in, and we sat there and watched, and not a word was said. Not a word was said, and I still remember this, J.D., and I will remember it for, from now on until they, they, they put me in the ground, man. We watched that second plane hit that tower in live, like, wow, like as it happened, or as the feed came through, we watched that second plane hit the tower. It, it was all sorts of emotions man all all sorts of emotions it was sadness it was anger it was shock how could this Confusion. how could this happen how could the, you know the, like all it was a whirlwind of emotion and i will i will never forget it i don't where were you brother dude i was in third grade and and at the time um i'll never forget like the exact like timeline i remember um all, me and my siblings were being dropped off from school. Everything was completely normal. The radio um, was absolutely normal. I think it was like nine o'clock. So it must've been like, yeah, first period, basically the end of first period. Um, they, uh, we, were, we were supposed to go to recess and I'm in third grade. It's a nice day out. I'm thinking we're going to go to the playground. We're going to play stuff. And the, the teacher takes us to the basement, the very bottom basement like area to play and stuff like that. And we were just like, what, <laughs> why, why are we down here? But um, in the western uh, part of Chicagoland, they were worried that, you know, they were expecting more, you know, chaos in other cities. So they were expecting chaos in Chicago. Luckily, that didn't happen. Um, obviously, Pennsylvania also got attacked. But uh, it's, yeah, it, it, it was. And when I got home, that's when I actually, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. When I got home, that's when I learned what had happened. And uh, it was just very upsetting for my entire family. Everyone was around the TV, and we were all just just shocked, like that we were that we were actually being attacked. Um, unbelievable! It, I think it was like the first time uh, as a nation in the last like two hundred plus two hundred something years, or one hundred fifty plus years that we were attacked by on our own soil. It's wild. So um, it's terrible. And uh, I, yeah, I would just say shout out to the firefighters, man. E even the ones today that go into a fire. It's just, man, you guys are the bravest people, like firefighters, police, uh, a lot of police responders who help people and everything. They're just, they're heroes, man. That's all I can say. They're, they're the brave ones that run towards the chaos when right everybody's running the opposite direction. It's amazing. And I have, so very, very interesting. A lot of, a lot of the fans of this show, of our channels, of, of us, and that have been with, you know, that have watched and listened to our, our channels for a while are are under the age of 20 you know some of them around you know 15 16 18 years old and they weren't you know a lot of them weren't even 
born when this when this went down. Um, so they they you know they they have you know the only the thing that they have to go by is what you know the what all of the the footage says and all of the you know it, it's 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 just so sur- it's it's surreal like the the feeling of what it was just an overwhelming emotional feeling every every, i joined the army because of what happened it influenced me enough to the point where i said i i am i want to 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 you know support the 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 you know i the cause the cause yeah i want to like it was a a major reason to why i said this is not going to happen again and i am i am going to do my what I feel my duty is to to protect and and serve this, you know, and and make sure that we we can still live the way we live and in the greatest country in the world. I really believe it is the greatest country in the world. It's it's, it's a country that's uh, founded on inalienable rights, and I think that makes it great. I think that's you know, and, and a lot of people believe in that. That's why they dive towards the fire to help their fellow American because they believe mm-hmm. in this country. And I think that unity. Uh, I think getting back to unity and and just like honoring those who made the sacrifice, who said, who raised their hand and said, I will, I will go towards the fire. I think that is the best thing that we can do um, when we are mem- remembering people. So, mm-hmm. and, and there's not much I can do. You know, I'm just a guy who likes to talk sports and, you know, works a regular job like anybody else, but the least I can do is at least, you know, shout them out or remember them. You know pay, what I mean? Pay all. Yeah. Get, pay your, your respects to those, to those who made the ultimate sacrifice and they will always they will their memories and their their honor will never will never die because of people who 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 remember because because we remember we will never forget even we won't forget and 9-11 will not we won't forget so and i i um you know so this is a sports podcast absolutely we'll get to that very soon um this is a sports podcast and it that that tragedy um you know see it like you know we can tie it into the sporting world as well because those professional leagues the nba the nfl all the the professional leagues they they could have said they could have stopped the nfl could have stopped they they was talks that they they um there there was talks that that they you know that maybe they wouldn't play the games or whatever and they came together and said, no way, we need to play these games. The people need this. The country needs this. And they pushed on and showed what it truly does mean to be an American and that you can knock us down, but we don't stay down for long. That's right. And, and I think that that's exactly right. And, and I think that like that was a very um, patriotic moment for all sports fans because the, the athletes themselves said, no, we, you know, we want to perform. We want to keep everything going as, as normal. You're not going to, you're not going to cripple us. You're not going to stop our way of life just because you attacked us ruthlessly and, 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 and decided to just soil yourselves. We aren't going to be stopped. That's just, that's just something about Americans. We don't, we're not stopped. You know, things keep rolling forward. You know, we may, we may not agree with everything. We just keep rolling forward. You know what I mean? Cause we're Americans. That's what we do. So we, the American people and the sporting leagues showed what it truly, what this true, what at the core, this country truly is. And they stood up as one with one voice and said, no, you will not affect our way of life and you will not change the way we do things. 
nope, it's not going to stop us. Nothing's going to stop us. Not, not this, not uh, diseases or viruses or anything like that. Nothing's going to stop us. We're just going to keep on rolling forward. America. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 they stood up as one and said that nothing, that this country is, is, is better and this country is bigger. And there is a, a sense of pride that we all have to live in this country. How could you not? I mean, it's, we're all great together. We've, we've produced so much as a country. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Love to be um, part of it. Now there is one more thing me and JD do want to talk about. I know once again, guys, you're, you know, this being a sports podcast, we do get, we will get to the, the sporting topics and we do have a bunch of stuff that we do want to hit on today and it will be a very good entertaining show. But speaking of honoring and, and remembering and paying respects, Recent events have taken 13 American lives um, from us, American heroes, uh, during the withdrawal withdrawal from from Afghanistan, and uh, we are going to once again take a moment of silence. And JD, we're going to honor those those lives that have been lost, and then we will uh, kick off our show. But we need to pay respects to those as well, and may they rest in peace. And we thank them and honor them for their their service and for paying the ultimate sacrifice to this country. Absolutely, I so think it's a great take way. it away, take it away, JD, and we will honor them as well. Maxton Sobiak, age twenty-two, U.S. Navy. Kareem Nikiu, age twenty. U.S. Marines. David Lee Espinoza, age 20, U.S. Marines. Riley McCollum, age 20, U.S. Marines. Jared Schmitz, age 20. U.S. Marines. Hunter Lopez, age 20, U.S. Marines. Deegan Page, aged 23, U.S. Marines. Ryan Nas, age 23, U.S. Army. Darren Taylor Hoover, Jr., aged 31, U.S. Marines. Oh, I lost audio. Sorry. Oh, there you are. Never mind. So from me and JD, thank you to those American souls that lost their lives. Thank you for defending our freedom. Thank you for defending our way of life. Now, I can say this, I think, with certainty from both me and JD. Condolences to the families. And uh, once again, thank you for your service and your selfless sacrifice. This country owes you a debt. 
and your memory will forever live on because we as Americans will not let it will not let it die. All right. Ready to go. Now once again, thank you to those 13 American souls and we salute you and once again we bow our heads and say thank you to the the um, say thank you to the first responders for 9-11 in the 9-11 tragedy and we mourn the loss of those 2,996 American souls. May they all rest in peace and may their families find closure and condolences from us as we remember them today and always. And as a tribute, this show will be dedicated to them because we love this country and this country is and will be forever the greatest and freest country in the world. People come from across the globe to live here. We are proud to be Americans and that will never, ever change. Never. And that American flag behind my brother means something. No matter the race, creed, religion, skin color, nothing. We are as one brothers and sisters of this nation. That flag has the uh, the best quotes from Thomas Jefferson and Martin Luther King Jr. And it's 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 a great it's a I like that thing. Yes, sir. Now, since this show is dedicated to the to those American heroes. Let's kick it off in the best way we know how, J.D., and let's talk some sports. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. Ready to go. Good way to open. All right. So let's kick it off with some uh, some rookies talk, J.D., and rookies. we have two, two good ones in Mac Jones and Justin Fields, who the expectations have, uh, especially now for Mac Jones since he's starting, for the Patriots, you know, we, now that we know we have a starter, we have a QB one. Um, I want to talk uh, expectations for Mac Jones on the year. Um, I want to talk uh, expectations and um, how you think, how you think that the, the uh, young buck will, will, will do this season. And in particular, in uh, the up his upcoming debut game, so I will leave it off for you and and get your thoughts. So what I have in front of me, and what I'm sure I'll have on the VOD, is the Patriots' schedule. So, um, the Patriots host the Dolphins at home, and it's against Tua Togla Togolaiova. I can never say his name. And I just have a strong suspicion that Belichick's going to win that. Belichick's going to have a very good uh, game plan, a very good scheme, not only um, prepared on offense with Josh McDaniels, but especially on defense, especially with the secondary. I think, I think Tua is going to see a lot of different schemes. I think he's going to see a lot of different coverages. He's going to be very confused. The Patriots' defense is going to be locked in. 
Uh, so I give them a win there. All right, then the Patriots have to go to the Jets. It's a noon game, and I think that's relatively significant. And uh, why is that significant? Is because there's less TV timeouts in a noon game as far as I know. At least there used to be. I don't know if that's still the case, so somebody might have to fact-check me on that. Uh, let me know, YouTube. I do I'm believe that's still the case. They try yeah. and push. I do believe that's still the case. They push. They try and push those those games through so they can get to the afternoon ones. Right. Yeah, they don't want to keep it too long because they don't want to exactly. Um, and the noon game, uh, it matters a lot because Zach Wilson's a rookie quarterback. Uh, he will need as much time in figuring out his – and again, I think Belichick will send a bunch of different looks uh, his way because it's too quick – a rookie quarterback. So that's a quick 2-0 start for the New England Patriots. And then the Saints are coming to the Patriots. Uh, quarterback Jameis Winston, who's prone to throw a lot of interceptions, will do so against the Patriots. I'm going to guess like at least two turnovers minimum. So that's 3-0. Hey, they're going to the Patriots, I believe, will start 3-0 with a rookie quarterback going into the game against none other than Thomas Edward Brady Jr. the third, <laughs> which I don't actually know if that's his name, but Thomas Brady will be there and it is going to be amazing. And I think they're going to lose that game, which is fine though. Then they're going to face the Texans, which I think they'll win. And then they have the real test against the Cowboys. That is the game. I'm not hundred percent sure about. I will wait to make that decision until I see a little bit more. Uh, but, but the first five games, I, I think you guys start four and one. So like that's that's my expectation. That's literally my expectation at this point. So let me know what you think uh, to of what my predictions are. I could see. Uh, oh, don't know hype. Don't know hype. Real quick. Don't know hype. Hey, hey Ross, Ross with the two dollar donation. He says, "Boys, thoughts on answer the Pats pass rush." You better answer that. I like I like it, Ross. I like it a lot. I think that front seven of I think the front seven of the Patriots is going to be legit to take a to take a page out of out of Connor's book. I think it's going to be legit. I think that front that that the D line for the Pats is going to be really good, and the linebackers got a lot of speed and a lot of agility. Um, I think the the uh, I think the 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 Pats defense this year is going to be very very good. Um, (laughs) but that's, that's my thoughts on that. So I I would agree with that. I think they, the first, like the first six weeks, they could, they could be, they could, uh, they could end up with one or two losses in there out of the first six weeks, I think. But uh, outside of that, I think, um, what I do think is going to happen is, um, is Bill's going to be very safe. Um, he probably won't take a lot of risks with, with, um, Mac Jones at first, he's going to get him. Uh, feeling confident in the pocket, he's going to probably throw a lot to the tight ends and a lot of uh, like short over the over the uh, sh- uh, short passes. Like cr- like um, I wouldn't say I I don't think he takes a lot of risks with, with like deep posts or deep crossing routes. I think everything for the first probably month of the season is going to be um, is going to be fifteen or eighteen yards and in. I, I agree with that, and, and the thing is, they don't need Mac Jones to win they just they just need him to like not screw up the the, the defense is going to be improved they have guys back they have new guys I, I think it's going to be i think the patriots are going to start four and one do you do you agree with that assessment with four and one uh, or what do you think of my assessment of their record I, I think one or two losses in the first six weeks is 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 probably more than doable 
I, if, I, if yeah. Mac Jones, if Mac Jones is responsible and doesn't do anything stupid with the football and is able to like just be smart with it, absolutely right. too lot. Like, like, for them to start four and two. Come on. The Cowboys game is going to be very interesting though, because I really don't know about that one. Because obviously I give the edge to Belichick on the defensive and the coaching side, McDaniels on the coaching side. Um, but what I saw the other night with the Cowboys, I like I was I was making fun of the Cowboys last week and stuff. I was kind of like poking poking the ribs a little bit. We were and, both uh, we were both down on them a little bit. They they um we were both down on them. But to be were. honest, if 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 Dak and crew come into Gillette and and play like that, that game's going to be a rock fight. Oh, it, it'll be it'll be tough. And um, yeah, you know, you know, Krom Wani, he watches the show. He he texted me and stuff, and he was just like, "Oh, you're you know, you're messing, you're talking about my guys and stuff like that." And I promised if they won, I would, I'd have to say, you know, something about positive about the Cowboys. I'm not even going to say it though. Basically, uh, and and you know, I'm still going to say bear down. But regardless, um, yeah, I was supposed to say exactly what Pat just said right there. And I'm not going to say it. But, but but regardless, I really, in all honesty, like just like as a objective, not taking the fan base out of it, they played great. Dak Prescott, that's the best I've ever seen him play. He looked elite. First of all, he looked taller, thinner, and more confident than I've ever seen him. Also, his the throws, man. Yeah, like, no, the it, throws. He he looked he looked really good. He looked I, really, he looked look really the same good. Guy. The, the the Cowboys have a couple of small issues on defense to iron out um to iron out and if they yeah. can if they can straighten a few of those just minor issues out that that's gonna be that's gonna be a good team when the interception wasn't even his fault yeah it, it, bounced, was, it, it bounced, bounced yeah yeah, yeah. So, it bounced it bounced off the guy's hands yeah he was on fire yeah you're right Pat he was on fire man he was amazing he was the best player on the field I think actually the, you could argue Dak was I the think best Dallas uh, the one thing that the Cowboys, I think, do have to worry uh, worry about is they need to stay healthy. I know Zach. Yeah. I know Zach. Well, and the crazy part about it is is Zach Martin, which I think is one of, one of, if not their best lineman, you know, offensive lineman. He wasn't. He's he was out in the product in the you know in 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 protocols, so he wasn't he wasn't available to them. Yeah. So. I mean, they're the best. You know, what I mean, so so technically, they're going to get one of their best linemen back. Um, you know, they're going to get one of their best linemen back. So Dak's protection is going to be even better. Yes, yes. They, 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 if the Cowboys manage to play like that for the remainder of the season, um, they're they they could they could be a problem this year because Dak, like Dak, looked that was. That was the most poised I think I've seen that that team and and let's be honest, Elliot was running with a purpose yesterday. Zeke, Zeke was Zeke was running with a purpose, and not only that, sometimes Zeke to me, sometimes Zeke to me doesn't like to like do the inglorious stuff, like kind of block. You know, he he his some of his blocks yesterday to to keep Dak clean in the pocket, mm-hmm. or not not yes, but you know some of his blocks during that game set up set up massive plays so zeke zeke was once again putting in the work the dirty work you know you know filling you know just doing the dirty work being able to block for his for his quarterback as well not just you know do his thing when he's handed the ball well that's and that's i mean obviously that's really important you got to earn your money 
uh, and he is a good blocker. He has always been a good blocker, but yeah, you're right. He always want, he wants the ball. And I just don't think that the opportunities were there. Um, and, and I really couldn't tell at first, and I, I think it became clear later in the game. I couldn't tell at first if the linebackers and the um, and the secondary, like the cornerbacks and everything, if they were playing bad for the uh, everyone except for Devin White, obviously. Devin White was all over the freaking field. Uh, but I, I couldn't tell if they were playing bad or Dak was making good throws. And then I went over and looked at the highlights again. I, I honestly think Dak was just making impossibly, impossibly good throws, like throws that you really can't defend. There was two plays. There was two plays where Zeke Zeke was was he set Elliott up perfect to make the block to keep the you know to keep Dak clean in the pocket. So there's definitely like a chemistry there between the two where he can set him up. Like two of Zeke's blocks were responsible for 20 yard plays each time. It was his block that kept Dak clean. I think they know each they're, they're each other are the reason they got paid. I think they know like they're tied to each other at this point. And if they are going to have success, they're going to have to do it together. Yeah, so. no, no doubt. But that, that just, yeah, that, that game. Cause that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Bucks defense is good. It's very good. Like one it's supposed of, to be it, one of the best. It is one of the best in the league. You know, when it comes to talent wise, when it comes to like pass, just different aspects of that defense, they, that, that D is very, very good. And Prescott stood in the pocket and just delivered. You know, he was, he just delivered, man. He, he looked good. He looked really good. He did. He did look good. And, and that's why I reserve my judgment. Like if I'm just going off of like reputation, obviously I'm going to take, the uh patriots in the in the week five matchup but yep. if i'm but if i'm gonna go off of like last night or whatever no not last night two nights ago dude i mean it'd be hard not to choose the cowboys in that situation especially with a rookie quarterback so i mean tom brady needed to pull out all the stops to win that game man yeah he needed he wanted because tom brady wants an undefeated season we talked about it a little bit bro he said oh. you have pulling your head that's fine um so what do you, so like, like, so just getting back to it, what are your, so your expert was, so we went over weeks, you know, up to week five, do, what is your expectation for the, like, what, what do you think the Patriots record will be at the end of the season, end of the regular season? How do you think they'll fare? It's really hard for me to go past. It's really hard for me to go past where, where I'm at, but I'll try really quick. So let's see. So I, I got them at five and one, looking at the or four and one, looking at the, looking at the Cowboys. I'll, I'm going to say the Cowboys didn't win that game. So four and two, back of the Jets, uh, five and two, back of the Chargers. I'm going to say the Chargers are going to win that game. So five and three, uh, Browns, Patriots. I'm going to take the Browns, five and four, uh, Patriots, Falcons. I'll take the Patriots just because I don't think the Falcons have a defense at all. Uh, so that's six and four, and Titans, Patriots. Six and five, tight uh, Patriots Bills six and six, Patriots Colts seven and six, Patriots Bills at home eight and six, Jaguars at Patriots. I gotta go with Patriots. So nine and six, Patriots Dolphins. I mean, I, right now I'll say ten and ten and six. So ten and six. Is there explore more? Is there another game? There's one more. Am I off, yeah. Am I off one? I don't see it. I, I think I, I think me and you had talked off yeah. off cam you know, a couple of times. I put them at ten and seven. Realistically, that's where I that's where I put them at. I think that's kind of where I where I was about to land. Ten and six, ten or eleven and six, ten and seven. 
That's kind of where I'm at. If they go 11 and six with Mac Jones, a rookie, that's that one. That's a testament on Belichick right there, and right. a testament on Belichick and Mac Jones. And I think it proves that he is like leaps and bounds ahead of where anybody would have put him at at the beginning of the season. And if they get 11 yeah. wins with him, that's phenomenal. It is. It would be. Uh, he said seven and ten more realistic. We'll see. We'll see how Mac looks in the first couple of weeks. That's why it's really hard for me to say what the record is. I'm kind of just going off of Patriot reputation. Um, and I I chose the Cowboys to win that game, Pat. So I, I they, they have a they have kind of a cupcake schedule, man. Like the Patriots do. They don't have that. It's not a cupcake schedule, but it's definitely not the hardest schedule they've had. Wouldn't you agree with that? Uh, the ceil- yeah, it's ceiling at ten and ceiling at ten and seven. If they go eleven wins, I'd be shocked. That'd be that'd be ridiculous. I could see nine nine to eleven is like kind of where I'm at. Uh, I, I'm going with under though, so I, I I'd bet under ten. I'd bet under ten, so probably see, nine. No, no, no. Here's the thing: they don't need Mac Jones to be. They don't need Mac Jones to be like an All Pro to win. They just need him to be smart with the football. That's He's all they got need. Four running backs. <laughs> Well, they, they just need him to be accurate and smart with the football. He doesn't need to be an all pro. You know what I mean? No, yeah. If they it's, can just yeah. get that if they can get that out of him, right? Just smart football. Um, if they can get that out of him, uh, I think the Pats will be okay. They'll at least be in the hunt for a wild card spot, you know, if they can at least get that out of him. And if you get in the playoffs, you never know what could happen. I mean, Mac yeah. Jones could be the first quarterback to win you never know he could he could be the first quarterback to win a super bowl uh, as a rookie it's it's not ridiculous to say that with belichick and josh mcdaniels but i don't i don't think it'll happen I, i'm putting very low uh <laughs> low percentage on that but it's higher than most rookies that's for dang sure that's it's a lot higher than most rookies let's see here yeah so um speaking of like like and and um, one thing I think, you know, we were talking about that Patriots uh, Cowboy game. Um, I was talking with uh, a couple of Cowboy, uh, a couple of Cowboy fans off off camera and they somebody just mentioned it um, that that they don't play, I believe, a playoff team until week 10 or 11 for them. So they're going to have a lot of momentum rolling into the that game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm gonna pick. I'm picking the Cowboys that game. At least right now, we'll see how if Mac Jones just comes out and dominates everybody. Even then, though, it's pretty tough. Dak it's has gonna, more experience. Like that has the making. If if both of those teams have like you know have really good records, that that build up to that game could be very very interesting. You know what Dak did, or Dak is. If Dak continues this, he will be proving that he actually did earn his contract. Like he deserves that contract. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing up to the talent level of that. And I feel like there's a lot of cowboy fans that have said that from the start that he's that he's he is you know he is more than capable of leading leading a team. You know, I think he's he was capable of leading a team. I just didn't expect such a leap. I feel like that game. I know it's one game. We'll see how it looks the next couple of weeks. But it was against Brady. It was against the Super Bowl champions, a really good secondary. Who I don't think was very, was caught off guard. Those throws were were impressive. No matter how you look at it, they were impressive. Yeah. Very very impressive. Yeah, just a standalone. They were good throws. So I, um, so here here's so while we're on the Cowboys topic, real sure. quick, somebody says is, um, I don't think Zeke's past his prime. I think he's in it right now. 
I think that Zeke stopped caring about stats and started caring about winning. That's what I. That's what I think. At least that's what Week One Zeke looks like. Looked like, yeah. It's not about because the running game wasn't working. They were getting destroyed. Like Devin White was like, "Hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> like, I'm not gonna let you run at all." And then <laughs> the passing game was working very well. So yeah, why run? If it's, so if let's let's continue on the topic of football, JD. Um, and we we will head down I ninety down the pike and head into the windy city and talk about oh, your man. bears a little bit. Um, and get Nervous. some expect get some expectations for them because I know they're going to be. Um, from what I was looking at, they're going to be challenged this year quite a bit. You want to start with that one, or do you want and, me and to? It's, um, but uh, it's it's interesting though because their their schedule goes up down up down up down in the first like six weeks. It's like contender pretender contender pretender back and forth but the back half of you guys' schedule i think is going to be a real i think it's going to be the gauntlet no yeah I, so I'm, I, willing, I, I want uh, i'm interested to know what you think but that's that's just i think the back half of that schedule is going to be tough for whoever the quarterback is all right well i'll run it down um it, it really will matter everything could change if they put it in fields but i'll, I'll pretend Andy dalton gets the whole year okay I'm just going to pretend that Andy Dalton gets the whole year, which I, I don't think he will. But for for the sake of this for the sake of this podcast and content, I will do it. I will pretend that Andy. I hope this. Oh God. Well, let's do that, right? Let's me oh, and God. you talked last <laughs> podcast that we. I think will. I think no. I don't know if we talked about it on air. I we might have. I I don't think we did though. I I think so. We we had spoke and and. I think the expectation is if the team's not doing well, that uh, the Lions game would probably be the the week that they that they make that trans transition into you know from Andy Dalton to because of just the way the schedule sets it up. But I want to know what you what you well what let's you, let's run with that then let's let's run with that let's go with that. So this game, objectively speaking, I think we're going to lose week one. Okay, we're going to lose week one. And I think that we'll beat the Bengals. I think that'll be Andy Dalton's greatest triumph. He beat his old team. And then we're going to get absolute. <laughs> that'll be his Super Bowl <laughs> week two of this regular season. Uh, then we're going to get absolutely uh, spanked by the Cleveland Browns, I believe. And that will be that will be when Matt Nagy goes into his room and says, you know, I'm listening to the I-90 podcast. And this guy Bobby, we know. There, he said that he said that the Lions would probably be a good time to start Justin Fields. So he decided that let's start Justin Fields. So we're started Justin Fields, and then it's wins every. I'm just kidding. And then, uh, and then I think we're gonna lose against the Raiders, and lose against the Packers, and lose against the Bucks. But we will we will beat the Lions, so we'll get that first win under Justin Fields' belt. But then we're gonna lose against the Raiders. Packers, Bucks, so three, uh, one and three will be Justin's record, and we're gonna lose against the Niners, so one and four. Steelers game though, I'm gonna say that's his coming out party, man. This is the game, man. It's on Monday Night Football. It's on Monday Night Football. It's the time when Justin Fields decides, dude. You know what? I'm a superstar. <laughs> I'm the greatest well, quarterback. That's his breakout game. <laughs> that's the game, dude. He throws for four touchdowns. 
one interception, maybe loses a fumble, but he still wins the game in uh, crunch time. Yeah, I could see it. And then we uh, and then we beat the Cardinals and we rematch the Packers. We beat them. Nah, never mind. We're gonna lose the Packers. Uh, so wait, that's we're at like six and six right now. You're five. Yeah, you're you're five hundred right six. now. Exactly six and six. Six and six. Yeah, we'll lose to the Packers. So six and then we'll beat the Vikings. So I'm guessing probably like nine and eight. <laughs> if I'm looking at everything, about nine and eight. I think we'll beat the Giants. So nine and eight. We're gonna lose the Seahawks definitely. Beat the Vikings again. I think we'll go two and zero against the Vikings. That's my prediction. So nine and eight is my prediction. Uh, once I look at all of it. Now let me ask you this question, right? So you're mm-hmm. sitting just above five hundred. Will now will Andy will will Justin Fields keep those losses under under uh, fourteen points? Yes, I think there will be a few. I mean, it depends on the game. I think that we're going to get pulverized by a few people. Uh, to be fair, I so think the that, biggest. Yeah. So all right. So what are what are the games with the biggest deficits? All right, let's let's do that. So I think the Raiders game will be really close. It'll be the first real taste of like NFL, just like despair that uh, Justin Fields tastes. I'm I'm gonna guess that. Um, I wonder how accurate these are gonna be. It's gonna be funny uh, to look back. But anyway, it'll be the first taste of despair that he gets. I think Derek Carr will win a close duel with him at the end, mm. um, and because he's more he's more experienced, he's better he's a better quarterback overall. Derek Carr is uh, at this point in time, and um. Then the Packers game, we're just going to get smashed. It'll be like 14. Maybe we'll get two touchdowns, one at the very end, and it'll be like 41 to 14 or something. We're going to get completely pulverized. Um, Tampa, we're at Tampa. I don't know. It's really tough to say. It depends on how well Brady plays against Khalil Mack. He's always on the run against the Bears, but he always seems to fool them too. So it's like I've seen it twice in the last like four years. When he was with the Patriots, and then when he was with the Bucks, and uh, yeah, he's tricky. He's tricky. He's hard to he's hard to get down, Brady. So I think the Bucks will probably win that game by at least a touchdown or two. Niners, we're gonna get pulverized. They're gonna come into our stadium, destroy us, take a crap on our field, go to their bar, pour beer on everyone's face, and leave. That's what the Niners are gonna do to us. <laughs> And then the Steelers, that's that's when – and then Justin Fields is going to be so pissed, he's going to take it out on the Steelers, and that'll be the game. <laughs> so I'm excited, man. This is going to be hype. This is going to be very hype. I think even though the Bears may lose those games, I do think Justin Fields will 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 keep them competitive. That's my – even All in the, so, so my, my prediction for that is even in their losses, they're going to be competitive. So it'll be like the Deshaun Watson first year of the Texans where where every game is just like to the wire, but they lose. <laughs> which is which is like, I mean, I'll take that. I mean, honestly. It says a lot year, about Fields' character if he's yeah. if he's a youngster, like you know, the young, you know, the, the young buck that he is, and he's keeping them competitive. That all like that's a win for that's a win for the Bears because it shows that he's got the you know what I mean? That, that's a win for them too. It is. It's a huge win. It's a huge win for the Bears. Um, if we can just develop his skills, develop his skills. If he, if Justin Fields next year as the starter throws for four thousand yards, then we've done everything. Then we've done everything we can. And the, and the, he here's the keys, Justin. You can just have the franchise 
this logo is now just means you, and we're yeah. just going to follow you at this point. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that happens. I hope so. I want to give him the keys. He's a nice kid. He's a good kid. He works hard. So, um, yeah. I'm but don't forget, too, if you do give him the keys, then you get him on the rookie deal for five years. You know what I mean? And you can yeah. – you know, like you, you know, you know what I mean? Like there are Khalil good, there are, there are upsides. There are upsides to that. Well, we're tying him and Khalil Mack together, like for five years minimum. Like, uh, like basically if, um, oh yeah, we're going to definitely talk about that, Phil. If, if, if Fields, basically Fields' rookie five years will be attached to Khalil Mack's entire four-year contract, basically. They'll mm-hmm. know what to expect after that. And I think that's that's good. I think that's good. That's what matters. That's smart. Well, that, smart could, that could that could keep Mac there too long term. You know, if he sees the promise in Fields and sees the organization moving in a good direction, he could, sign, he, would, yeah. he could sign. An, he would sign another contract. You know, and keep him there. I'd love to see it. So a lot, you know, like if you really want to break, like like a lot's riding on fields, you know, succeeding. If he does succeed that it, it could mean a landing spot for future, for future um, free agents and, you know, keeping Khalil Mack there too. Like there's a lot that rides on that young kid's success. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. It's a lot, a lot of it. And I think that Ryan Pace's job and Matt Nagy's job, ultimately rely on that uh matt Nagy has a longer leash than 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 ryan pace does though and i know that sounds weird because ryan pace hired him but that's just it's just reality man yeah we like some things pasted and we don't like others that's just how it is i think it's a more ryan pace is a more polarizing figure than Nagy is he does more ridiculous things and Nagy has just been he came in he brought a system and then that's it that's all it's you like the system well yeah we kind of do well, let's keep it <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. no doubt. So let's let's uh, we haven't talked about the NBA in a bit. Let's uh, let's jump into some NBA stuff because there have been some some there have been some things going down with the NBA, even though it's uh, the offseason. Uh, so let's talk about the the Celtics uh, mortal enemies here. The Lakers, they they acquire DeAndre Jordan and uh they send um first of all what do you think of the the, the Lakers acquiring DeAndre Jordan we'll start with that the um Dwight Howard is one much more important much much more important like DeAndre Jordan sure he can you know he'll be that guy that's fine he can, I mean he might be like half of Dwight Howard okay like he, he'd be the third guy off the bench in the post like okay that's fine maybe you'll Make a few good plays here and there. That's fine, but it's nothing, nothing significant. There's a reason the Nets didn't want him. All right, so you think so you think um, Howard's going to mean more mean more to them than than Jordan is. So so you think DeAndre Jordan's nothing more than like a bench piece, just a just absolutely a, a decent bench piece. And I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I think I think they'll use Howard more. Um, I think they I think they're going to end up trusting. Howard more than DeAndre Jordan, and I he think Jordan, LeBron. I think Jordan's gonna, yeah, I think Jordan's gonna gonna be the the bench, uh, gonna gonna be a bench uh, depth um, piece, and that's about it. But you could see what they're trying to do. They're trying to they're trying to. I think they're putting together a bunch of veteran guys <laughs> who they think would mesh well together. 
I mean, we've talked about it in nauseam too, that the age of that team is, is, is a problem. Like they could, that could be the number one enemy of, of the Lakers this year is, is the age, the overall age of that squad. And I think about this, I think about it like this. This is all about LeBron. Obviously everything's about LeBron, but like, it's all about, this is specifically is all about LeBron, not even just DeAndre Jordan, but this entire roster is about LeBron. LeBron so desperately wants a fifth or sixth ring, but he could he could settle with a fifth. He, he could deal with a fifth because this is why he wants it. He doesn't want it. Shaquille O'Neal says to this day, he said, man, I messed up. I messed up. I made it to, I think it was seven finals, mm-hmm. seven finals, and I only won four. Made it to seven finals, only won four. I was the most dominant athletic person of my generation and i let it pass me by and i didn't win everything i could win lebron has made it to 11 finals and only won four Mm. so he's gonna look back if he doesn't win at least five he's gonna be like dude i left so much on the table And, and a lot of people are saying oh you can't crush lebron for making it to the finals man yeah but i'm not gonna crown him either know what i mean i'm not gonna just crown him just because you made it you didn't win as much as you could have won Kobe won more. I don't think they. I don't think they won as much as they should have. Right, exactly. I don't. I don't think they've won as much as they should have. I think a lot of those years. I think a lot of those years they 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 shot themselves in the foot. And one like one or two of those years, you could directly say it was LeBron's fault. One or two, not not all of them, not all of them. I'd say 2011, maybe 2000. Uh, when was it? Though the year that he gave up against KD, that, that kind of like pissed me off. I'm not saying it was his fault that they lost, but I didn't like that at all. He was just like, no, oh, no, I scored I, 50. And I, you're talking the GS the GSW, right? Like when, yeah. when Golden State, yeah. Where oh, they boy. just kind of where they just kind of raised the white flag or LeBron yeah. just kind of raised the white flag and was like, Oh well. He's like, Oh well, like I scored 50. I did what I could. It's like, dude, a lot of people have scored 50. Like a lot of people, I'm not saying that it wasn't amazing, but like his attitude was so stupid. He should have just been like, I did what I could. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, I did. Look at my stats. They're amazing. <laughs> that that was annoying. But yeah, if he doesn't well, win this. Lakers- it, yeah. But see, like he, he, he kind of threw the team under the bus, you know, and was like, well, I did what I could, yeah. you know, John Larson says, if he doesn't win this year, he will leave the Lakers. I don't think it's even possible for him to leave the Lakers. I'm pretty sure they had his rights for two more years. And then after that, who's really going to want him? LeBron comes into your comes into your team and just completely changes your roster. Um, unless you would commit to being a bench piece. But he ultimately said that he wants to play with his son. Um, no one's going to give him as much power as the Lakers are giving him right now. I just don't believe it. Yeah. I don't think he's leaving the Lakers ever. I think he retires there. Even if, if they lose. Yeah, if- I'm with you there. I think he'll retire a Laker. I'm, I'm definitely with you there. He's happy um, there. So the second half of that is they they trade Mark Gasol to the Grizzlies, oh, yeah. and then the Grizzlies immediately buy him out. That was cold blooded. Where do you think he's going? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about that because my thinking that is so they Gasol goes to the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies immediately buy him out, which that makes me think a three team trades involved, you know, like he's going to go from the Lakers to the Grizzlies. And I think the Grizzlies are going to try and move him ASAP. That's what that says to me. 
Where do you think? Like he used to. It's weird though. He used to play for the Grizzlies. You would think that they would want him back, but apparently they. Apparently he wants. He or you think he'd want to go back, but apparently he doesn't. Even though they were just a playoff team, so that is confusing. Um, where where do you think he ends up, or do you think he just goes over to Euroleague? Well, I think it depends on. It depends on what what do you what Grizzly the Grizzlies have a couple of needs that they need to fill they need to fill, um, so maybe they're going to add a bench piece with him. Maybe they're going to package him with another person and add add a bench score. Right, right. I I, I can very well see that. Um, but wait, didn't you say they bought him out? Well, they bought him out so they could they they. I think they're going to send him. So I think they bought him out his contract out. Yeah. So they could ship them somewhere. That's what I'm. That's what I mean. But how I think do they ship them? That's weird. I could see it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where they put them. I, I mean, the, the Grizzlies. They need young talent. They they're like the Bucks or the Bucks, <laughs> not the Bucks. The Hawks. Yeah. The Grizzlies and the Hawks are very similar. You got an extremely transcendent talent at point guard. Incredibly young, incredibly raw. So much ceiling to reach with John Morant and Trey Young. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure where they go from there, but I just know if you got to get yeah, like a shooter, like you said, would be a good idea because you got John Morant just zipping the ball down the down the court. I could see that for sure. Transition young shooter, um, maybe somebody who nobody wants. No, no, I was gonna say Dougie McDermott, but he just signed that, a big contract. That's, that's my thinking on where what happens there. Like they, they're gonna they're gonna move. He's he's leaving there. He's he's gonna get moved. Yes, I think so. I think he's gonna. I think he's not gonna be there. Sadly, even though he started there, and he, I thought he would end there, but I guess not. <laughs> but I mean, maybe he'll go back to the Raptors. He won a title with them. That's somebody, possible. somebody will. He'll he'll play. He'll he's. I think he's still gonna be playing in the NBA. There's teams out there that do need a big man down low that can do what he does. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, I there's he's he's a smart veteran. He's been around the game for a really long time. He knows, he knows everything there is to know about the game. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, I, I would want Mark Gasol on the team. Like if the Bulls wanted, if the Bulls picked him up, I'd want him for for a price, for a small price. He's, you know, what he's really good at. He's hard at moving off the block. Once he oh, sets yeah. his feet down low, he's hard to move. He can shoot you know? too. So if you need that guy to like just stand his ground under the hoop. And there's a few teams that could use that could use you know a guy. There's a few teams that could that could use a guy like that that just that literally just plants themselves under the hoop and sets you know a guy that you can dish the ball and he can dish and he can you know he's a good passer too. So if you good Vucevic backup, that that's not bad. That would that actually wouldn't be a bad idea for a guy that just sets his feet and is hard to get off his his spot. That there's teams out there that could absolutely use him. I think so too. No, I, I like Marcus Saul, and and I remember when he dropped fifty something points uh, on I don't remember if it was the Bulls or some one of those teams. It, he he dropped he dropped like fifty something points, and it was just like unbelievable. He could shoot, he was shooting from everywhere. So yeah, he's he's a good player. He's just old, and I could also see him because apparently Pau Gasol is playing in the Spanish league right now. I could see him joining his brother yeah. too. Cause, yeah, because his, his yeah, because Pau's still playing, isn't he? He yeah, he's playing overseas, but yeah, he's he's still playing. Yeah, he's playing in, in Spain, so it's pretty cool. He's like forty. The, yeah. The next, the next uh, NBA topic I wanted to hit on is Paul Pierce's induction into the Hall of Fame. So the truth, 
is headed to the Hall of Fame. Oh, man. Of Celtics Nation, Paul Pierce headed to the Hall of Fame. I I love it. Should I, should, you want me to start on that one? Go for it. I will get in from an outsider's point of view. What was what are your thoughts Paul on Paul Pierce? He's the truth. Um, I, I mean, I've always I've always liked Paul Pierce. Uh, he's a guy who here's a guy here's a guy who uh, who kind of looks like an average everyday Joe. It's it's his story is crazy. Paul Pierce was like uh, in a gang fight one time. Or not necessarily gang fight, but he was like stabbed a bunch of times and shot, like or shot or something like that. He's been he's been through hell and back, and then he joined the NBA, and uh, and then he was in the finals and he crapped himself and then pretended he was crippled and everything. But man, all that he's he's a funny guy. But all that like all jokes aside, all jokes aside, he's a phenomenal player. He's yeah. incredibly clutch. One of the cl- most clutch players of the two thousands by far. Like top five, he battled with he he um he had battles with T Mac, he had battles with Kobe, he had battles with LeBron, he had battles with everybody, dude. He had battles with Ray Allen, um, and he played good with Ray Allen. He had uh he played better when he had good teammates, but man, when he was a solo act, he was still a phenomenal player. So no disrespect, I'm glad the truth is in is in the hall. He deserves it. He's a throwback too. You know what I mean? He's oh, yeah. a throwback player. He's a two-way, a classic two-way guy, you know, plays offense and then hustles back down and plays, you know, and is willing to get down and dirty and play D as well. You know, he's a true, he your best player. He's a true, like two-way guy. He's, he's an old, that was the best thing about him was that he was old school, you know, he was old school. He, he would, he would go down the offensive end and, and, and shoot and play. And then he would hustle back and and not not like drag his feet on the way back. He would sprint back the other direction and hustle back, especially in his prime. He would he would hustle back and play D. And he was a a good defender. He was very good defender. Um, he wanted to defend your best player. Like whenever it was Kobe, he wanted to defend. He wanted to defend Kobe. Whenever it was T Mac, he wanted to defend T Mac. He wanted to defend the best guy on, the, on Grant Hill. He wanted to defend Grant Hill. Um, he he was. He was a tough guy. He's a tough guy, and uh, he he he's always talking crap about LeBron. Um, and I think that a lot of it is, I think he's a little bit jealous of how uh, gifted LeBron was. I think if Paul Pierce, with his mentality, had LeBron's physical gifts, man, he would have won. Like I can't even imagine. So I think that's something that goes through his head. Well, that's just part of that old school mentality yeah. too. Like Pierce had to th- think about how loyal he was to the Celtic. He's to the Celtics he stayed he stayed through a lot of bad years and a lot of struggling years and the Celtics promised him that they would get to the that they would get to the promised land and they would get to greatness and he stuck it out man that that's that's part of the I think that's such an under under like rated his loyalty to the team like that's another part of that old school mentality like just the loyalty to the team to stick it out and he finally they finally put together that that big three, and they went and they they slayed the dragon that was the the Lakers. You know, they slayed that that beast that was L A. And it was just an underrated part of his game, just the loyalty that he showed to the city, to the team. He loves the Celtics and Boston, like truly does love the city and the team. It was him and Antoine Walker holding it down, scratching and clawing for the to the playoffs every. In the in the early in the early two thousands, 
right? Like, man, yeah, it was he was he put up a lot of numbers in those years and a lot of defensive numbers, a lot of steals, a lot of uh assists, a lot of blocks, uh, yeah. a lot of steals. He, he's a good player, excellent player, ladies in the hall. Um, he deserves it as much as literally anyone. Um, I see first ballad, right? This first ballad because he retired about five years ago. I, I would, yeah, this yeah, is his first time, so yeah. Yeah, he won a championship. He made it to two more finals, right? So he made it to three finals, one one. That's all you can ask for a guy. I mean, the, the expectation for a, a guy with his physical abilities are pretty low because he is not he is like an average everyday Joe. Like when he dunks, he can barely get up there, but he'll get up there. You know what I mean? He'll do it. It's, he's it's all about willpower with him. And that's see now, like I think a lot of people echo John Larson's comments. It's we like the city, the Celtic nation, the the people of Boston. They were like, out of all the people, they were happy for to win that 08 championship. It was just like, like I don't think a lot of people will disagree that Paul Pierce deserved that. Like he deserved that and earned that the Maybe loyalty, the, the the sticking it out through the 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 tough years, and him not him just fighting and saying, "Look, I'm I'm you know like the, just the the." that that dog mentality like we're gonna fight and scratch and claw our way to the top and he he earned it and he deserved it and i think the city was just overjoyed to see that he finally had the hardware to go with his efforts um for my, my analysis of that game too was that him and tony allen totally like shut down kobe that yeah. was like the first finals where kobe was just like completely just murked and then once they lost tony allen correct me if i'm wrong once they lost tony allen it was a lot harder to stop kobe in the finals yeah oh yeah although paul pierce still did a diligent job though i think i mean he shot kobe never shot more than like 45 percent in the finals against the celtics so so i want to head i want to jump in the jump in the truck and head back down i-90 back into chicago sure. and get to some stuff with your balls that i found interesting um the first one uh, being that there is no – Zach Levine got no extension this year. They didn't extend him. Um, yeah. Thoughts on that? Thoughts on that? Um, well, I think that – I think that Levine is an excellent player. And I think that Levine thinks that he is a superstar – and there's a chance he might be a superstar. It's it's possible. It's possible. But do we want to pay him like a superstar yet? I think that the GM's looking at it like this. I brought in Lonzo Ball. I brought in a few other guys who can play with Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine. Brought in a couple defenders. Got this guy, Patrick Williams. The ball is going to move around a lot. It's not just going to be stuck in Levine's hands all day, just sitting there dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. Is Levine still a superstar when Lonzo's handling the ball, when he's running the offense, when he's deciding what plays are run? Is he still a superstar when his usage decreases by 5 to 6 to 7%? Is he still a superstar when he's not dropping 28, 29 points every game? He's only dropping 24, 25. If he still is... And if he's saying, all right, I want to defend the, the guy and I want to expend some energy on the other side of the ball and not just be a scorer, then you pay him. And you pay him as much as he wants to be paid. But And if we make the playoffs, you pay him as much as he wants to be paid. But if he's not doing that, 
and he's not the guy, then you lowball him. You lowball him. You, you say, okay, well, I mean, you're not the guy. I mean, here's 20, 25 mil. You know what I mean? And then that's that's I, I thought about this too, and I and I and I kind of agree with AK's decision on this. I'm gonna call him AK from now on. AK's decision. I saw a couple other people doing it, and I'm gonna steal it. So <laughs> our our terrorist or nocivist, you know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah. GM and everything. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but yeah. Is he a superstar? Is he not? Prove it. 2021. Here you go, Levine. So, so you're saying that 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 AK is taking the the kind of uh, um wait and see approach. Sorry, I need to get a drink there. Uh, yes, he's taking the wait and see approach, and he's saying. Well, I think that that has a lot to do with Lonzo. He just gave Lonzo some money. He said, "All right, I trust this guy to run my offense," which I think he should. There's a lot of people that would love Lonzo Ball and the Lakers. It's it should be noted, like a lot of people are trashing Lonzo Ball on Twitter. They're idiots. They don't understand basketball very well. Um, the the Lakers did not want to get rid of Lonzo Ball <laughs> at all. They even offered Kyle Kuzma, from what I remember reading about, and then and the and the um, Pelicans were like, "Nah, nah, dude, we want." And Kuzma was averaging more points, so people were like, "Why do you want to give away Kuzma?" They actually, shit? they actually looked at Ball as more valuable than Kuzma. They did. He's more rare. He's a more rare asset. A six foot seven point guard who can play point guard, who can handle the ball, who doesn't turn the ball over very much, who can score uh, six to ten assists every game, uh, or or manage six to ten assists every. He's very rare, very rare. So uh, Kuzma, there's a bunch of Kuzmas in the league. A four who can score, bunch of them everywhere, all the time. Lowry marketing, you could argue, is same on the same level as Kuzma. You could argue it. Like, I don't think that's true, but I you could argue it. Um, and uh with yeah, Lonzo, I think that he's saying, all right, Lonzo's gonna have the ball. We'll see how Levine handles that. And if Levine can handle that well, if he plays well with Lonzo, if he plays, because we already paid Lonzo, it's four years in. We already paid Vucevic, he's got a big contract or he's about to. So these guys are committed. Can you play well around those guys and bring us to the promised land and be our, our number two? I think you can, but I also think that they look at Patrick Williams like he's the future as well, and Lonzo like he's the future. And free agency is a hell of a, a hell of a game. Free agency is a hell of a game, man. Yeah, I mean, you never know what you could get. You know, like, what if yeah. Donovan Mitchell's available? What if who knows who's available, right? And you don't want to just be locked up to Zach Levine your whole life. So mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying. It's wait and see is I think it's the smart. Now that leads me into my next question. Now I've I've been doing a lot of research and a lot of reading and just looking into like the the Bulls media and how they how they look at um Lonzo excuse me Lonzo Ball and they're putting they're putting some pretty high expectations on the kid, um, and I they're I mean I think there's a lot of hype and a lot of high expectations on Lonzo Ball from the from the Chicago media. And I think they they because they like him, you know, because they like his game. They like what he brings to the Bulls and the as the certain as I think they certain aspects of his game are very very attractive to a lot of Bulls fans because that's you know parts of what he brings to the table is what they've been missing for a long time. So yeah. my question to you, Absolutely. Bulls fan JD, <laughs> is are those high expectations like? Is that like achievable and realistic, or is, are they kind of putting him up on a pedestal? And because I, I don't want to, you know, like as a fan, sure. I, I don't, as a fan of like 
just I don't like doing that to That's people. Fair question. Up, I don't like to put them up on a pedestal and put unrealistic expectations on it and then have the kid fail and have the media eat him alive. Sure, sure, sure. Well, and it's it should be noted that I think the expectations should now now they probably don't in a lot of in a lot of fans' perspectives because sh- fan is short for fanatic, as a lot of people say, uh, because they're fanatics. They don't think. But for me, as a fan, as an objective fan slash, I try to look at the game objectively. I see it like this: Lonzo Ball matches. No matter what he does, even if he's as good as he he was last year, as long as he was as good as he, as good as he was last year, that guy matches what we're paying for. It's only twenty million dollars. The cap is a lot higher than it used to be. Twenty million dollars is half of a max. So what do you do? You think Lon, I think Lonzo's worth half a max? I think he's worth half of one, not worth a full max, but half of one. So yeah, he's got he's getting twenty million dollars a year. He goes to Chicago huge brand if he wants to start like uh selling shoes and stuff like derrick rose they sell shoes in chicago like you would not believe so he's a guy he's a shoe salesman perfect for him i'm looking at this right here i got it in front of me i might pull it up as a graphic if we do a vod on it but regardless it says that lonzo he is he played 31 minutes a game 48 percent. this is last year 48 percent from two 37, 38, uh, 37.8% from three, eight threes a game. So that you means you make, uh, he makes three threes a game, three threes a game. It's pretty good. I, even if he's just a catch and shoot guy for $20 million, three threes a game. It's pretty good. Um, I'll take that. And also he plays defense. He's six foot seven. And this is another thing I look at right here. First year, 10 points a game. Second year, 9.9 points a game. Third year, 11.8 points a game. Fourth year, almost 15 points a game. He's improved every single year. He has almost two steals every single year. That's comparable to Steph Curry. That's comparable to Baron Davis. He's he's a very good defender. Um, and yeah, his assist total is is six to seven every year. So if he can just do that, he's worth $20 million. If he does anything extra, shoot, that's great. That's a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a bonus. Exactly. Uh, copy, copy, paste. Someone is going to pay him. Exactly. Someone's going to give him that money. Like, it might as well be us. Might as well be us. I oh, yeah. love somebody. Somebody would that. definitely pay him. Somebody would definitely would. Absolutely. He chose us. He was going to get twenty mil anywhere, but he chose Chicago. So I'm happy to have him. I will say this from an outsider's perspective, looking in, the Bulls have have made some very good. You know, very good, very solid acquisitions in the off. They've had a very good off season. Chicago has. I agree. Yeah, they've from Dennis Jones Jr. to Lonzo Ball to here. What? Who else? We got a bunch of guys. I'm gonna pull them all up. Actually, roster. Our roster is huge right now. We're gonna have to cut some people, bro. Tony Bradley, Troy Brown, Alex Caruso, Demar Derozan. Who? How can I forget? Yeah, we got Derozan. Which I mean, he was not amazing, but. For a guy like Lonzo to have all these lob targets is going to be phenomenal, and that's exciting. Well, that's see, you just hit on a good point too. Lonzo moves the ball really well, and he's gonna, and he's gonna have a lot of different choices, you know, on the court with guys that can, with guys that he can leave the ball with and just let them do their thing. All he's got to do is all he's got to do is get it to him. And this first year, Lonzo's only making eight point eighteen and a half. It's a steal. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. My fault. But you're right. But that's, he's gonna, yeah. So 
like I, like I said, I think Chicago's done a very good job in the offseason of acquiring pieces that can help that team on both ends of the court. I agree. And, I, and I'd be okay with, with paying Levine. If Levine wanted $30 million a year right now, pay him right now in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think he wants 40. I think he I wants heard a max. From, from reports I've read and just what the media is saying, I think he's trying to get close to 40. Trying to. Yeah, and that's just and you're going to have to ball the freak out this year. <laughs> my 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 thing with that is then he's going to have to prove it this year. You have Absolutely. to This is a this is a put up or shut up year for Levine to get a big contract at at the end of next year. You know what I love about the Bulls roster right now? What's I that? Absolutely love. We are huge. Yeah, the size huge. is huge. 6'11", 6'11", 6'10", 6'8", 6'7", 6'7", 6'6", 6'6", 6'6", 6'6", 6'5", 6'5", 6'5", 6'5", 6'4", 6'4", 6'4", 6'4", 6'2". That's it. We have nobody under 6'2". Yeah. It's going to be a good year for us, buddy. No, that's that's and that's a bit like you could definitely tell the where the philosophy's going with them. They're gonna they're going they're going big, they're going big, and they're going guys who can play two way. Yep, that's exactly. Yep, you hit it on it. You just hit on it. That's why Levine. That's why they're hesitant with Levine because he doesn't. He's not a two way guy. He's very good one way. If he if he wants to get his money, he's gonna have to play D this year. If oh man, if he starts playing D, give him every give him it all all the money. Take it. But you know what I mean? He's going to that's that's what I'm thinking. If he's going to get his in order for him to get his his 38, you know, 37, 38, 39, you know, million, he's going to have to play D. I agree. The only guy, you know what I love about this too, is the only guy here that's temporary. You know how every team has a few temporary guys that mm-hmm. they have to just pay because it's just a thing. DeMar DeRozan is the only temporary guy. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy here that I'm just like, well, he's not going to be here that long, but he could help us for while he's here. Everyone else here is young, dude. 21, 22, 23. Lonzo's 23. Derek Jones Jr. is 24. Levine's 26. Got a young team, man. That's exciting. Now, the Bulls, man, the Bulls are beyond. This is a big year. JD, like I said, from an outsider's perspective looking in, who's not a Bulls fan, they've made a lot of smart moves and a lot of moves that I think are definitely going to help the team. Like, like that's set that's sixth that seventh eighth seed is absolutely doable. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean who got it last year? The Wizards? Yeah. We could get the we could beat the Wizards. Yeah. With the team constructed the way it is right now, you guys could beat the Wizards. I would I would like to think so. With all these with all this young talent. Um, we look at the Raptors. I know the Raptors had Kawhi. Mm-hmm. But when they won a title, they had nothing but young talent. It was just it was pa- Pascal Siakam, it was uh, Fred Van Vliet. It was all these young guys who a lot of them are on different teams. Boucher, although Boucher was on the bench, deep on the bench back then, but still, um, that's exciting. Basketball season, uh, I can't wait to tell that starts like rolling a little bit forward. Yeah, um, but but football season is is upon us, uh, and. Uh, what else do we got for basketball? Uh, oh, yeah, Ben Simmons. Well, I wanted to talk on one more thing. We're going to oh, yeah, go, go back down the pike and head back into Boston. Let's do it. And uh, so I wanted I wanted to ask you first, as an outsider looking in, um, what do you think Schroeder is going to mean to this team from the bench? I've I've kind of changed 
um, my thought process since the, since the last time we've talked about this. Actually, uh, I've I've looked at it a little bit more. I think Schroeder will be a little bit better than I even said. I think that it's very possible that he could fill a role that they need, uh, and I think it's more possible that he that he could buy in uh, because he has been he's been kind of ostracized. He's been outcasted kind of a lot of people in the NBA don't like him anymore. LeBron despises him. Everyone who likes LeBron, his little clique, they all hate him, but somebody who doesn't necessarily revere LeBron or put LeBron on a pedestal is Jason Tatum. And also I think an even more motivating factor besides having Tatum as your teammate now is the fact that you're only making about six or seven million dollars and your name is Devin Schroeder. That doesn't feel pretty good, I don't think. I'm pretty sure he's like borderline ready to go back to the Euro League. So if you don't step up your game, buy in right now, then your league and the your uh, your career in the NBA is is gonna shortly come to an end, sadly. So I think that um he has all the skills, he has all the talent, he has all the ability, he just needs to buy into a culture. And what better culture to buy into than the Celtics? So, you know, me and you definitely agree on that. I think the change of scenery is going to be good for Schroeder. I think the change in scenery is going to be good for him. I think the new system, I think the new coach, the new, uh, like, I think this is one of those instances where a change in scenery um, is definitely going to do him well. I think he's going to have a little bit of a resurgence this year. I think Schroeder is going to be a very good, solid, um, a very good bench piece for them. If not, if, if he does start that's going to be very interesting um he's he's one of those guys where you can't just leave him alone because he'll make you pay for it if you leave him alone you know what i mean like you can't you can't like there are guys in the nba that start and that come off the bench where you you can just like they're just nothing like you can you, you know they're not getting the ball you know that or you know when they do get the bat when they do get the ball they're you know you, you know you He's one of those yeah. guys where you can't just, you, like I said previously, you can't just leave him alone. He he well, will make guys, you, yeah he will make you pay if you don't pay attention to him. He can he has the ability to do that. So he's just going to be, I think, one of the one of those pieces whether they use him off the bench or as a starter where where he could draw attention to himself and then give the ball up to somebody somebody who could shoot or score a catch and shoot situation. But I, I do think Schroeder's going to make a difference on this team. I agree. And even Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Antetokounmpo, the finals MVP, whenever he's left, whenever he's on the wing or something like that, and he's thrown the ball on the wing when he's wide open, he is left alone. You can't do that with Dennis Schroeder. You're not, you can't do that with Dennis Schroeder. He will destroy you. So, and that's, and that says a lot about him. Uh, and he's getting paid so little. I mean, the Celtics got an absolute steal. I, yeah, I the, think chip, the chip on his shoulder aspect of things this year, I think, is gonna is gonna really drive him forward because people are set calling him an idiot for taking the low the low bid and coming to the Celtics because the Lakers offered him a ton of money to stay. He has the potential, the potential, it's potential to do more for the Celtics than Kyrie Irving did, and that says a lot. So I think that he, yeah, the chip on the shoulder and he, him knowing that, hey, not only is this my last, maybe my last opportunity in the league, this is a good opportunity 
to very to show how good I actually can be. So I agree. I think Schroeder is. I, I said last time he he would just be like an, just another guy I and mean, kind of fill the, the roster. But the more I think about it, the more I think like this guy he could really he could really just come in there and take over like uh, the position. He could just come in there and claim it as his own. But I don't know. It, it depends on his attitude. His attitude has to be good. So mm-hmm. no, absolutely. But I think. Um... JD, did you have anything else that you wanted to hit on? Oh yeah, actually, just one thing, just one thing, really quick, and I just wanted to talk about it um, with with the podcast uh, because get and get your thoughts on it too because it's it's beyond fascinating to me. The Ben Simmons situation is an absolute utter dumpster fire sprayed with kerosene with yeah. crap filled all over it. It's just it is the <laughs> I can't even. I can't even it's help but laugh. It's, it's hilarious. The Ben Simmons situation is an absolute mess. It's it's a joke. But I, I just wanted to read. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to paraphrase all of it. Basically, you can if you more. want. You can pull. You can read it. Go you ahead, read it, it if you want. Yeah. Here, hold on. I'll just do. Basically, Ben Simmons. He is. Uh, he's not happy with how the. Um, the, the 76ers have treated him, which I don't really blame him that much. Uh, but basically, the only teams that are interested in Ben Simmons at all right now in any serious level are the Cavaliers and the Timberwolves, according to multiple reports. Now, so, you're saying this, this is only teams interested on a serious, like, okay, let's make an offer level. People have made an offer. People have made plenty of offers. Um, the first offer that came in, which... My God, Daryl Morty is probably kicking himself in the balls right now. Like, because he is like they offered him Indiana Pacers offered Daryl Morey Malcolm Brogdon in a first round pick for Ben Simmons when the when the when it all first started, like everything first started coming out. This is like two months ago. They offered him that. And he said no. He's like, no, we need way more than that. We need something way more. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> and then Doc Rivers went on uh the radio. And said, and they asked him, you know, do you think Ben Simmons? I guess this was during the playoffs or something. But basically, they asked him, do you think Ben Simmons is a good starting point guard and stuff? And he's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try. I'll try to figure it out. And they did nothing. So Simmons' camp is telling everyone. Literally, I'm, I'm going to read the quote. What they, what they are telling, like Pompey, which is a guy from Philadelphia, Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. This is a quote that they said to him. They said, Why should we help the 76ers out? This is Ben Simmons' camp. When they feel like when Doc Rivers said what he said, no one apologized. Doc Rivers wasn't reprimanded by the team or this or that, or there's an organization where in the preseason last year when they were saying they weren't trying to trade him, but everyone knew they were trying to trade him. So that's how they feel. That's how Simmons, Ben Simmons people and his agency have feel about the 76ers. They feel like they just, they don't owe them anything. And also not only that Simmons has come out and announced He's not going to show up to camp if it's still if it's with the 76ers. So now they have no leverage at all. The 76ers have no leverage. Like honestly, I'm sure teams are getting together saying, "All right, how low are you guys going to go? Like are you going to offer them like a second round pick or something?" Okay, I'm going to offer them even lower than that. All right, who want like <laughs> <laughs> But let's be honest though, JD, he Disaster. did this to himself. He did. Who Daryl Morey been? Simmons has Simmons has nobody to blame but himself. He is He's pr- he's proven throughout his entire career 
that he is not a good basketball player. Oh man, that statement right there. That's, I mean, a lot of people are saying that a lot of people are saying that it's hard to say like, what is a good basketball player? Honestly, it's hard to say one dimensional player, one dimensional. And he doesn't even do that really good. He does it. Okay. (laughs) It's really hard to defend him. It's really hard to defend him. But at the same time, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I will defend him. I will, I will be in the Ben Simmons camp. Ben Simmons is a six foot nine, uh, dude, Simmons can suck a fart through a garden he, hose. Enough. He can pass very well when he feels like it. <laughs> he can he can drive well when his attitude is in the right place. He can defend players when he wants to. But no, you're right. It's it's really yeah. Dude needs a jump shot. I mean, that's an understatement. You're, no question about that. I mean, that is. I think that ship has sailed though. I think I don't think he'll ever get a jump shot at this point. You're like 25 now. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're not even gonna, if you still aren't shooting the ball. Like what's even worse is how high they drafted him. I mean, they got a lot out of him. He he has been an all star twice, but it feels like when things matter most, when things get tight, and when people start yelling at him, when people rely on him, he turns into. I'm trying to find a better word. Kind of like a beta player. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he vanishes like an alpha player. In the wind. Even Joel Embiid, who cried in front of everyone, in front of the whole nation, he doesn't do that. He even when his his he had a torn like MCL and he still balled the frick out, dude. He still like played really well and answered the call. And Simmons didn't, dude. When people were yelling at him, Doc Rivers is screaming at him and shit, he just was like. He just totally like, oh, I, f- I forgot soft. about that. Soft, <laughs> this dude. is a man that Kendall Jenner left for Devin Booker because when it comes to fornication, what? Yeah, shoot. <laughs> I, I love it. He's not getting Truth. crunch time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's not good in crunch time. That's all I can say, Snake. That's all I can say, Jake. <laughs> Hey, thanks for watching, Jake. Hey, what's up, buddy? Can't, he, he, ain't, he ain't coming through in the clutch. He's not coming through when it matters, man. When he's when it matters, nobody. He's exactly, man. No, it's it's bad. Now, I, I it's hard to defend the guy. It's hard to defend the guy. He has all the talent in the world. He gets all the money. He gets all the chances, and he just comes up short. And then he wants to blame the organization. But the, see, that's that's what pisses me off too. Like, dude, just own it. If you suck, just own it. But he wants to point the blame everywhere else except for himself. He does. He wants to point the blame everywhere else but himself. And that's the like his, that's the most tragic part about me, it. You can't tell me he's not talking to his camp and being like, release all, you know, he's releasing all these little stupid leaks and this and that. And it's like, dude, like, it's your own fault, Ben. Sorry, dude. It's your own fault. I think he wants to be like he wants to get paid like a superstar and he wants to play like a superstar when when there's like no defense and everything is like easy for him because he's such a gifted athlete. But whenever whenever he doesn't like the playoffs and it's and it's really uh yeah, it's just it's just kind of pathetic to watch because if he was a real alpha player, if he was a real like superstar, if he was a guy deserving of 35, 40 million dollars, he would be you know what he'd say? He'd say, dude, you know what? I had a terrible season, terrible, 
worst playoffs I've ever had. This is the worst I've ever played. And he would just like own that, look in the mirror, and then tell everyone else that. And then and then he'd say, dude, I'm just going to go get to work, which he has gotten to work to give him credit. He has actually gotten to work. But he would just say, I'm going to get to work, and hopefully we'll win a championship next year. But instead he's saying, nah, you guys, you guys didn't uh, treat me right, and you fans are mean, so screw you all, and I hope you trade me. You have to trade me, otherwise I'm not going to come. That's pathetic, man. That's weak. That's weak shit. The fans are mean? Bro, like, ugh, don't even like in beat like um that whole like don't come to Chicago. <laughs> that whole team drives me like the Sixers drive me nuts. That whole team. I don't know who's more mean, Chicago fans or Philly fans. So I wouldn't come over here then, man. We we don't we don't need that. We'll take Lonzo over you. <laughs> bad. He can't even shoot. Lonzo couldn't shoot either when he came in the league. He can't shoot free throws either. Now Lonzo's shooting eighty percent. From free throw and forty percent from three, almost well thirty eight, but still pretty good. So, and and what has Ben been doing in that time? He's just been doing the same thing he did when he got out of college. Same thing. He's the same guy. He hasn't changed at all. He's the same exact player since he was in college. And and if you don't evolve, then you're staying still, and everyone's going to move past you. You're stagnant. You know, you got to keep moving forward in life. So, anyway, that's all yeah, I got to say about the Ben Simmons situation. It's a it's a mess. No, it is. It's a mess. It is the whole. The whole thing is that from 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 his team to the Sixers to they from the the agent like all like all of it, dude. It's it's just to him. Like nobody's handling it well. No one. Nope. They're not. Daryl Morey messed up. He messed up so bad. Like he should have taken that. Dude, Malcolm Brogdon. That's a that's a championship. Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Tobias Harris, and 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 uh, Joel Embiid all playing at their best. Malcolm Brogdon is a twenty point, uh, ten assist, really good defense guy, dude. And you pass that. Well, I would, I would take Lonzo over Simmons any day of the week. Give me Lonzo Ball over Simmons any day of the week. Give me Brogdon over either of them. Yeah. My yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. It's crazy. Just, no, like I, I, one thousand percent agree with you that just the handling of it from from top to bottom, everybody involved. It's you know what it is too. You know what what's what's like. Every, it's the finger pointing game. Nobody wants oh, to yeah. take responsibility for anything except for Embiid. Embiid has been the only leader in this situation. He's yeah. been the only one to be like, you know what? It's on me. I gotta hit the gym. It's all on me. Like I'm like, dude, it wasn't on you. You played with a torn MCL. Like it was. You're the last guy I'm coming to. So I respect Embiid a lot more this year for what he did. It's it's just like I like I said I I one thousand percent agree with you. It's just been a nightmare from start to finish, and it and is. it's not going to get any better until they until somebody takes responsibility for something. I agree, especially at the top. Um, at the the whole uh, I agree with with Simmons camp a little bit that that uh, it was it was a little bit below the belt for uh, what's his name. I forgot his name now. Doc Rivers to yeah. say that to say that on on the radio. It's just you don't need to say that. See, that's something you don't. That's something you pull. You know, if you're gonna say that, you pull him aside, and you know, if you have if you have something to criticize the dude about, don't like not on a live radio show. That's Even something you, you handle. That's yeah. something you handle in house. Because it looks like you're covering your ass. That's yeah, what it looks mm-hmm. like. So. Yep. And like it, it looks like River that see that's a selfish look for Rivers because it like yes. you said it just look it's a giant game of cover your own. Don't act. blame me. I tried yeah. to help him. 
Not like, my I, fault. Get it. I tried I to help that. him. Yep, we yep, assume yep. that. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Goofy. Anyway, uh, it's definitely we worth following too. Like we'll we'll have to we'll have to monitor that situation to see if oh, there's yeah. anything like it's definitely worth following on. Like we'll we'll keep we'll keep you guys up to date on that on that too, just to see if anybody actually does take the bait on a Simmons on a Simmons deal and what and what it is. Oh yeah, this podcast don't stop for football season. We're going all the way through <laughs> baseball season or, or basketball season. All baseball, everything, anything you anything that's interesting, we're gonna talk about it. But that, uh, I believe that is going to do it for our live show today, guys, for episode seven. Banging them out, JD. Number seven. I love it. it. Keep down. But once again, appreciate y'all for tuning in and hanging out with us in the live chat. For anybody who's watching or, or listening to this on the playback on iHeartRadio or Reddit or wherever we are uh, put up, Thank you guys again. Uh, once again, if you want to be a part of the live show, it is broadcast on Beantown Breakdown. And then my uh, co-host over here, JD, JD uh, but, uh, Botorf, uh, at I or JD Botorf I-90 Sports Talk, right? I think I'm just going to, yeah, you just type in I-90 Sports Talk, I-90 Sports Talk, you'll find it. I think I'm just going to change it to I-90 Sports Talk because I'm pretty much going to keep that channel for just the clips. Okay, so cool. I-90 Sports Talk will be the channel for you guys. So that'll be where you can where that'll be if you want to listen to a specific segment of the show, a specific clip. JD JD chops them up and uh and um basically dissects the different segments of the show and puts them up separately if you want to if you want to re-listen to a specific segment that we do, all of the edits and all of the editing work is done by my guy over here and it's phenomenal. And I thank thank him for doing that because he's very good at it. Yeah, if you if you want to, there's a segment you want to watch or want to share with somebody, definitely check out my channel. Uh, it's I ninety Sports Talk, um, and it's we got all of the stuff that we're talking about here. Um, just some pictures and some stats and some uh, you know graphics. It's a little bit more uh, visual and just has uh, some ambiance in the background and so. it's easier it's easier to to listen to a specific segment instead of right. instead of having to find it on the on the whole podcast he chops all that stuff up for you guys and, My uh, pleasure, and <laughs> yeah he'll chop it up and put the segments put the segments on separately but once again guys for anybody who's listening on the playback um we can be found here on youtube beantown breakdown and i90 sports talk and uh once again, thank you for the continued support of the channel. Um, little bit of uh, announce, little little announcement going down. I will uh, unfortunately will not be calling play by play for tomorrow's Patriots versus Miami game because your boy is going to be on site P seventeen, I believe, and yeah. going to be amongst the seventy thousand. Pats Na- Patriots Nation strong at Gillette tomorrow cheering on Big Mac Mac 10 against the Miami Dolphins. So if you're going to the game, feel free to hit me up on Twitter and uh we will see if we can connect at the game and maybe drink a beer with some of the fans of this channel. But that is where I will be tomorrow guys. I'm actually thinking about doing the 
Red Sox game tonight. I think there's a game. If there's a game tonight, I'll probably do the Red Sox game tonight. But tomorrow, I will be in person live, guys. We'll be. I'm going to try and go live from Gillette Stadium to talk to y'all while we cook up some tailgate, some tailgate food, and get ready for the Patriots versus Miami. It's the Sox versus the Sox tonight. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us, guys. And uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to miss you to do those edits and. And yeah, thanks again for having me on, uh, buddy. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you. And whether we're playing COD or we're hanging out on I ninety Sports Talk, <laughs> it is it's a blast as always, my guy. No yeah, I know problem, he's so bro. lucky, isn't he, Missy? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Have a fun time, buddy. I've it'll be fun. Yeah, it should be. I am looking forward to it, guys. Just another. Uh, I really am. It's it's going to be good to get back into the seats of Gillette. And uh, it's gonna feel good to wake and to wake up and knock the cobwebs off of Gillette Stadium, and get that concrete and steel rocking. Because tomorrow, Pat's Nation, tomorrow, Pat's Nation, Gillette Stadium gets its heartbeat back. Us, the fans, we are back. That steel and concrete gonna be shaken, gonna be shaken tomorrow as Miami comes into a red, white, and blue storm that they are not ready for. But once again, guys, thank you again for the continued support. Me and JD couldn't do what we do without you guys. Y'all are the real MVPs. Thank you again for continuing to support the two of us on this podcast and do it in what in what we do. And uh, once again, we do it for you guys, and you guys are the real MVPs. It's always been a fan-driven channel, and you guys are the heartbeat of this thing. Thank you guys again. But we're out of here. Miami, you can suck a fart, and we're about to whoop y'all's ass tomorrow. Looking forward to it. J.D., you got a final word? Bear down, and God bless America. Let's roll. We out of here, guys. Peace. Have a good weekend.